0: Joining me now, our good friend Barb Lamson, who was a bit under the weather. She's recovering, though, finally. So, Barb, it's good to have you back in the studio. Hey,
1: Karen. it's The voice is a little cracky yet, but um, uh, I went to the doctor yesterday. You, know, you had a
0: virus that kind of have been going around the station as well, I understand.
1: Yes, yes. I think we must have had the same virus, four of us here, and it kind of affects you differently, but it is a, a virus, and it wasn't this real serious one, but it sure incapacitates you and quickly. Well, yeah,
0: and I mean, I'm just knock on wood. I haven't had that one yet, so we'll see. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping yeah. I don't. I'm try, I've am been trying to wash things, you know, and, and like they say, even with the coronavirus, the key is washing your hands and, and just oh, staying, absolutely. you know, from touching things. And,
1: and they say, uh, uh, do not put your... Um, hands uh, uh, next to your eyes, your nose, or your mouth.
0: And, you know, I'm really bad at that because I'm either pushing the hair out of my face or, you know, just one of those. So it's hard for me.
1: And with all the allergies that I have, I have itchy eyes. Oh, sure. And I spend... uh, just a certain part of every single day where I put hot packs on my eyes. Sure to help them. So, um, so that's that's very common to me. But you wouldn't think that that would be the, the way that you were going to pick up a virus would be off from your hands and then into your, yeah, your it's, face like that. There's there's a lot of holes in your face. There's the nose. There's the eyes. There's the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> right. too many things that can. <laughs> and and you know it's. Whenever you're in a public place, I mean, as as soon as you get home, uh, get out the hand sanitizer or use the soap and water. You know, a
0: lot of times I'll do it before I leave the store. Maybe I'll stop in the restroom and then I'll, you know, wash my hands. Because if you touch things on the shelves, you never know how many people have been sick. That's true. Or especially when you go to the cold medicine aisle and you think about, if I'm in this aisle... Think of many other people who probably are sick that are been in the aisle. So I like a lot of times we'll use the bathroom and wash it, and then just not use the the towel to touch the door knob because I'm just yeah hate right
1: to get right you, you do you do absolutely you can just about imagine it. I like to wear leather gloves the whole time I'm out and about. And the, when, you
0: mean when you're not even in the garden, you're wearing leather gloves?
1: Oh yeah, my my winter leather gloves. But you just, can still if
0: you touch you know something in touch with your leather gloves, you still got to be careful.
1: Well yeah, and then you get you take those off and yes, uh, when you get home and then you still wash thoroughly, but it seems like um, there's less surface than exposed. So, hey, I was thinking about bare root plants because uh, I know that the Conservation Service right now is offering a deal where you can buy a certain amount of trees uh, and uh, shrubs at a reduced price, and I know this is something that you're interested in.
0: Yeah, they have the what's called, it's a Blue Earth, uh, well, Blue Earth is one of the many counties, a lot of the counties do it, right. I don't know if all of them, but most of them do the uh, soil, the Soil and Water Service do a tree order, trees and shrubs, and what it is is to promote conservation because mm-hmm. trees, of course, are w- the way to, you know, provide healthy environments and take up uh, nutrients that might go into ponds, things like that. But now is the time of order uh, of year to order. And they had an open house day already, but it says there's still time to order. They had the open house, and it says, if you weren't able to make it to the open house, but you still want to order trees, there's still time, but the key is... Th- these are generally large orders. So unless you have a large space or have a lot of friends to share with this, maybe not for you, but uh, they have species available while supplies last. So they say, get your orders in. The ordering deadline is March 20th, 2020 payment due when the orders are submitted. And here's an example of some of the trees and shrubs that they have. And I'm looking and a lot of them have been sold out. So just FYI, but some of the ones I would like to get for my hillside that's on the lake that's shady, uh, they have a couple of varieties of dogwood, like gray dogwood, a red dozier dogwood, which would be a good one. Yes. They've also got lilacs, uh, common purple, and a lake velosa, and nanny berries, and that's some of the shrubs. And they even have small trees, so a Canada red cherry, a red splendor crabapple, and an American plum. And now they've got a number of the taller trees. And you don't have to get quite as many of those. Oh No, yes, you do. They're they're all in bundles of 25. Yeah. So if you have a big place to put uh, quaking aspen, paper birch, hackberry, silver maple, which I would recommend not to get. Right. Silver maples are not good. They're messy no, and they have right. shallow roots. Okay, but they're there. Uh, the sugar maples are all sold out, by the way. The burr oak sold out, northern red oak, um, and autumn blaze maple, which are pretty They've got some conifers, um, different ones. They've got some that are in pots too that are um, you just one species. They're small, you know, so they're not really large. They're only 18 to 24 inches. But, you know, the best day to plant a tree was yesterday. And if you didn't sure. do it then, do it today. And those are not as much. I mean, for $9 for, let's say, a, a Black Hill spruce or that kind of thing is very reasonable.
1: Right, do you know uh, when our kids were in four h, we were always looking for fundraisers and things we could do, and a farmer offered our four h club if we would come and uh, dig the holes and plant the the shrubs in that he was putting in his windbreak that he would pay our give us a donation of so oh. much, and so we did that, and that was my first experience with that now. Uh, bare root is a little bit more tricky than if you get something in a pot and a bare root uh, which these many of
0: these are. There's a few that are in pots, but the ones. I mean, we're talking a bundle of 25 for 40 bucks for you know some of these, and that's really cheap. It is, but cheap. they are bare root, which means there's no dirt on them.
1: That's right. And when you get them, um, uh, some of them may have broken bud, and when they break bud, that's usually when you when they go into the soil, they go outside, but. Um, If it's too cold to do that and you're not ready for that, you're going to have to protect that root because... a bare root will start dying after 20 Yeah, they'll dry, seconds. they'll
0: dry out. I mean 20
1: seconds. Oh, that's
0: it really. It, yeah
1: 20 seconds That it, it it'll affect that bare root. Didn't know so that. that's how tender they are. And just consider that they have been dug and in cold storage since last fall. So do you put them in water? do you put them? You, in- do, you, can, you can wrap them up. What uh, the root needs really to survive then is to be warm. And to have humidity, so not freezing. Uh, no, nah, no, not no. in your garage. No, you're not going to be even able to unless put it's it Harvey's. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And and especially if it's it's broken bud, then you know, then you want to be even more careful where it's going to go. So. Uh, if you're going to order these trees, find out when the date is they're going to ship them. Now, this says tree, you have to pick them up, by the way. The tree pickup day is April 23rd and 24th, and
0: we don't know for sure whether the ground will be thawed or not by then. I mean, That's right. they, I think they hope that it is, but the thing is, this is, I'm talking about Blue Earth County now. I looked at other counties, LeSueur County, Nicola County, around sure. here. So wherever you are, look at them, and some of them have different choices and different sure. prices, but if you are able to do something like this maybe you've got enough room in fact they've got what's called the um the backyard bundle which is five of each species including a red do- wood dogwood a lilac a red splendor cab, a red splendor crabapple a sugar maple a black hill spruce um you can get one of those it's it's 25 trees it's five of each of those i just mentioned which are beautiful trees if you've got enough room for that i mean that what a great um, it, it's, uh, it's a windbreak, but it's only
1: $45. I mean, that's, that's yeah, nothing you can right. go wrong. But just think about this now. So we're enthusiastic now. Spring comes, <laughs> we've got all these other things, and you have to start digging holes and prepping yes. the soil. And here's the thing that they say. Do not go through, dig a whole bunch of holes, and then start lining these out. Take each uh, shrub or tree, and, and treat it uh, individually. individually. Yes. Yes. And so dig the hole for that one. And the thing about uh, nature is, especially plants, this is so true, they're not going to be breaking bud at the same time. No. So you're going to go through and you're going to sort out and figure out which one's breaking bud, which one should go. And then once you get a, get that uh, uh, tree planted, then move on to the next one and so on and so and forth.
0: when you start a new plant, you got to make sure to keep them moist in the first year because, I mean, they're, they don't really have a well-developed root system so they're going to die if you don't if you just ignore them don't think it's an easy thing when we were young we ordered 10,000 um I don't know if it was red pine I think it was red pine or whatever but we then rented we had of course a farm and we had a lot of field so we rented a planter a tree planter and I remember sitting on the back of that and it had a little like a a disc thing that kind of split the soil and then you would basically every so often you would plop a tree in and dad would drive the tractor and we'd be on the back of that and plop another tree in and then it had kind of a little roller that kind of squished it back so the dirt would go back on that tree and I'm sure some of them fell you know tipped over whatever but when you got 10,000 and I mean it's a beautiful beautiful woods now but back then I mean it was just these little teeny trees but it was so inexpensive but think of the they were just a hilly land so we did such a great thing for creating wildlife habitat and preventing erosion so that's uh, another big reason they have a program like this.
1: Well, you know, when we moved to our farm by Elk River, which was sand, I mean, absolute sand, and it had been a small uh, hobby farm, and it had been in soybeans and corn. And uh, my dad said, nope, the neighbor came and he wanted to rent the land. And my dad said, I don't want all that sand. And he had asthma too. Oh, okay. And so this wasn't a good thing. And we bought all of these conifers from the Soil Conservation Service and planted them and planted them. And you would have thought those little things that were just, uh, you know, six, seven inches tall, they were never going to grow. But in that soil up there, they just really took right off. And then they also had a program where you could put in a wildlife pond and they would pay for... Uh, I believe, uh, putting that in or some some, some such thing. And as um, I got older and got married and would go home, our children would ice skate on that pond. And there was this, these nice a surrounding of trees and things and it was just because my father had the foresight and he said, you know, I don't need corn, I don't need soybeans, you know, I, I don't want all this sand blowing around and and we got this whole forest. It, it was just really, really great.
0: Yeah, so so, so that's going on now and, and the, the deadline, mm-hmm. maybe it's different for each county, I'm not sure, but I know Blue Earth County is coming up in March 20th, so uh, you can go online, just Google um, county tree program tree Planting program, and then they pop up. So then you know, find your county, sure, and, and
1: just be sure that that it's 25 is what you want because it's very hard. That's to, a
0: lot of trees, yeah,
1: yeah. It is. I wanted to say one thing about the uh, the dogwoods. Do you know that for someone who watches pollen, that uh, the dogwoods are uh one of the better ones that don't give off a lot oh, of pollen. I did not know that. So so if you have asthma or if you have allergies and you think, oh, my gosh, you know, dogwood would be a very good one if you wanted to do a mass planting close to your house. You wouldn't have to worry so much about the pollen.
0: Well, and that is another thing. When you do select plants, you might have to figure out that because, you know, there are some, for example, lilies, there are some that are pollenless yes. and others that aren't. And for someone like you, you might have to right. look at that and, and ask the question and if you you don't know because it can affect your health and you certainly don't want to be going around your garden coughing and sneezing and wheezing and not being able to enjoy it.
1: That's right, and especially if you're planting something close to your home, to the yes. foundation, and you would love to have the windows open at night when you're sleeping or something like that, that's very important. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for a list of plants, uh, trees, shrubs, plants that are high pollinators and those that aren't, uh, go online, put in zone four, which we are, and you can find out which ones give off more pollen. And you know, it's always the male that is producing an abundance of pollen there. So maybe you can get something, uh, the female plant and not the male plant.
0: Right. I mean, you think about that with ginkgos, like with ginkgos, though, you want the male plant because the female puts off these fruits that when they fall, they're really, really stinky. So when I put a couple of ginkgos in, I made sure that to ask, are these the male versions? Because right. I know in the past before they, I guess, figured that out. There are some ginkgos and you say, "Oh, I'm never going to put in a ginkgo tree because they smell so bad when they put off those fruits." Well, you want to make sure you get the right variety. Yeah,
1: that's it, there's a lot. It's not just like waking up one day and saying, "I'm in oh a Atlanta." Yeah, 25 trees, that's such a bargain. Yeah. Can you imagine right now the way I'm feeling just recovering from this flu yes. thing? I can't imagine digging 25 <laughs> holes and <laughs> keeping those 25 plants watered. But uh, a dogwood, especially the uh, red twig dogwood, is really bl- beautiful here with our white snow in the wintertime.
0: And, you know, it grows along the roadsides, too. It does. Because I know when I walk drive out to the lake, there's just this whole... Sp- roadside of just this beautiful red against the snow and it's just so beautiful and people say well I used to have that my mine isn't pretty anymore well that's cuz you have to cut the old branches off because when they get older they get that kind of that gray look and there's nothing special yeah, about they get, it
1: they get they they do they have that it's just like anything in nature just like us know? we
0: get wrinkles you know and yeah <laughs>
1: right and and don't be afraid that's the thing with a dogwood you cut can, them down
0: and they'll be fine
1: <laughs> yeah they, they'll really come back from the bottom or start shaping them too and that's a good thing And Karen, the way you love to shape, uh, you'll probably have to get some more pruning tools if you put (laughs) 25 shrubs on your hillside, I can't imagine.
0: You know, speaking of of pruning tools, I just did an assessment. I went out to um, the garage, and I went through everything, and I took a a notebook, and I did an an inventory to see what I've got, and um, I have, I think, seven... Of these one kind of hand pruners, you know, Mm -hmm. and while you think, well, that's a lot. Well, some of them aren't really any good anymore or I use them for other things, for et cetera. So, but that's an important thing to do is go through your tools. This is the time of year you want to maybe sharpen them because uh, I'm anxious to get outside, but... There's nothing you can dig. There's nothing you should be raking or anything like that. In fact, it was kind of funny. Yesterday, I was uh, asking one of my students what he's going to be doing for spring break because it's coming up in a uh, couple weeks, I guess. And he said, well, spring break, I'll probably go home. Uh, I, and uh, he said, I'll probably like mow the lawn and stuff. And I said, where do you live? In the Twin Cities. So he was thinking already that spring, <sighs> he's going to be able to mow lawn. <laughs> I just laughed. And I said, I don't think it's going to be that yeah. <laughs> that, you know, even if the the um, snow was melted, uh, it's just too early yet. But it was just just funny how if you don't know gardening, you might not That's think right. about the. Th-
1: season time exactly you know we keep watching uh, the dates that uh, that are set for us and like uh, April 15th is supposed to be our last day of, of uh, frost that we have we're supposed to be safe after that time uh, now One when I go to Georgia <laughs> it's uh, it's March 15th that's the last frost date and then it's very tricky there it's not like it gets cold and stays cold they, you get these isolated nights where yep. you'll get a, a warning that there's a frost warning out and you cover everything thing up and maybe it never even happens but yeah you know we've been getting lots of information about climate change oh my and, goodness. and our yeah. water and what we can do and i was very interested today to see there was an article about our water softeners uh, and yeah. how they are such a big pollutant putting chlorine into our lakes and rivers uh, and i did not realize that i
0: didn't it did, yeah. was something that didn't cross
1: my mind that you got where does all that water go yeah exactly Exactly, And what happens is when the water softener is recharging itself, then it takes this old chlorine, this salt that's all used up, and it dumps it into the storm sewer or into the regular sewer. And then that goes right into it, gets treated, but it goes into our, our lakes and rivers. And the thing we know about chlorine, I mean, it's so deadly to uh, fish and to plants. plants, the aquatic plants. And there's no way that it ever goes away it's there forever
0: right and it is something that you know a lot of people use those water softeners and things so I mean you got to look at do you have one that's efficient do you have one that you know are you not hopefully not using more than you need and all those things that just just to be conscious about because it's going to affect our future availability of of even being able to have water to drink
1: and so when you can't see something you don't realize it's a problem until it it has uh, negative consequences. And that's why we see more uh, lakes and streams and things that are polluted. And we wonder, where did that all come from? And we start pointing our finger at who's ever closest to the water. Oh, it's
0: the farmers. It's yeah, so this or right, that. The, yeah, right, exactly. Right.
1: So uh, one of the things that they suggested that we could do better in the state of Minnesota would be to uh, uh, to offer an incentive plan so that if you have an outdated water softener, that you could get some dollars to replace that. And then the other thing would be is, uh, can the city, when you have city water, can they more efficiently soften water than than what we can do in our own homes? And if they would do that for us, and then we get that information, uh, we don't all have to have these great big water softeners down in our basement doing this. And the other thing is the water that you soften isn't the cold water. It's the hot water. So, um, if, you know, if you, if you can get by with using cold water or not using hot water, then, then Yeah, do for it.
0: washing, for example, or things yeah, like that. Yeah, right.
1: And the other thing is I think that we need to know What is it that your dishwasher needs so that it will run efficiently and last um, as long as possible? So if we get better ratings on there that tell us about hard water and the effect that would be and what that number would be.
0: Well, and most people use way too much detergent. I mean, that is such a common thing. You know, we use probably about a fourth of what? they recommend because and I've read a lot of things that that's really all you need because otherwise all that excess is just being washed down the drain you know just use enough that you need to clean the stuff and it saves you money for one thing and and then it also doesn't hurt the environment as much.
1: You know if if you have something and I do a lot of cooking and, and if you have something that gets maybe a little stuck on if you just will soak that before you put it into your Um, dishwasher and and use a little elbow grease and you can so really what you're doing is you're sanitizing and i think that a dishwasher is the best thing we can do to fight germs because people that don't have um, a dishwasher that will just run a little water and something and say, "Oh yeah, that's clean." It's not. It's, it's absolutely not, no, not clean. No. These um, the viruses that we have now they take hot water. That's at least 160 degrees to kill them.
0: I don't know. I you know I've got my water heater set lower than that, so I don't even get ours doesn't even get up that hot.
1: Well, maybe when you're when you're having a flu season, you should set it up higher.
0: Maybe, but I just don't like the burn thing, and plus, not using extra heat yeah. although we did after 18 years our water heater finally gave out which is a long time because they generally yes. don't last that long anymore no. but we got a new one and they are a lot more energy efficient and it yes. doesn't take as long to heat up the the water for one thing and so i mean that that is a part of uh, being good stewards at some point these right. other things wear out and find one that's that's energy efficient. Right.
1: More information, you know, you become a better consumer. So so that's really, uh, you know, a good deal. Um, I was reading also that in California, they're going to be experiencing droughts in especially the agricultural area where we get so many of our fruits right. and vegetables from. And with the droughts come the wildfires. F- yes. So, This is a time when you have to be alert to what's going on in the world because I was um, having a a navel orange this morning and I thought, you know this orange is so good, and we just take for granted
0: that it's going to be there. Yeah, that
1: it's going to be there, that it can be trucked a thousand miles, and that it's affordable. But in the future, um, if we have more of a problem with um, this uncertain weather, and where we have either real hard flooding, or then we have followed by droughts, and then we rely on irrigation that water to irrigate just simply won't be there.
0: Well and, and we are actually as gardeners having to change the things we plant because uh, in some cases when you got these uh, big flood events and then it dries out for a while so you, it's more planting more of those what are uh, rain gardens that can tolerate that kind of the ebb and the flow so when you are planting you know it, it's you might say well I want to do like grandma did but our climate is changing. In fact, I want to mention that we are going to be having a, a specifically an education session coming up on that as a part of the Minnesota River Valley Master Gardeners. Now, it's not till Saturday, April 25th, but I would urge you to save the date because we're going to bring in some people, including Mark Seely, who yes. is a climatologist, University of Minnesota right. uh, weather person, and he's going to talk about how the change is affecting our Land and how the usage will be changing, and then we're going to have Al Bad, who's going to be talking about how this the climate changes are affecting like the birds and animals, and and it's going to bring in more invasives like the marmot stink bug and um, other things that are bad um, for us, and and we're going to just have to just say, oh well, we're going to have to adapt to that, and it's going to also push some of the the normal uh, predators of some of these invasive insects or things out. Um, up farther sure. north or wherever. And so we are having this coming up on Saturday, April 25th, and I would encourage you to register. ahead of time if you can. Um, it's $15. From, I
1: think it's, it's
0: so 20, $20 and then 20 at the door, I'm pretty sure. N-
1: no, it's it's 15 in advance and 20 at the door.
0: Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, I, right. So, I, I didn't I go mean, to last meeting. But anyway, it's 730 to noon, and it's at the Christ the King Lutheran Church because it's a good place to have it. They've got the, the setup for the um, audio visuals and things, but that's coming up. Uh, Like I said, April 25th. And you can go on the website of the go to Facebook, Master Gardeners of Minnesota Valley, or just call our Extension Service sure. here in, in Blue Earth County and they can direct you. They'll
1: get you registered. You know, that's probably the best $15 you're ever going to spend because when you uh, go to a, a workshop like this, you have time to ask questions. And all those burning questions you have about the weather and the changes that are happening and what we can do, you'll be able to find out that information. So, you uh, Just do sign up for it, and if you know someone, um, that wants to come with you? Why not buy them a ticket too? There's free parking there. It's very, very easy. All, uh, very, very accessible. It's not
0: just for master gardener. It's for no. everybody because it sure. affects all of us. But I mean, if you are do happen to be a master gardener, you could get those continuing credits which you need yep. to maintain your your status. So, just FYI, I wanted to
1: make sure we mentioned that before we yep. got done here today, Barb. You know, I I did one thing when you were talking about uh, doing an inventory of your tools. I did an inventory of my seeds. Oh, good for you. Yeah, that's my next on my list, Barb. (laughs) uh, Well, let me tell you. So I have picked up a packet of seeds here, a packet of seeds there. I have more that are ordered. And I found out that things that I just absolutely love, like peas... I have about seven packages of different kinds of peas, and I will never, ever be able to use all those in my garden. But so what I am going to do is I'm going to uh, check and see if they're viable. And to do that, you just take out about 10 seeds, put them in uh, wet Tissue, and then put damn the paper tissue, towel or something, right? Yeah, and put that into a plastic bag, and then wait and see if there are, how many of those sprout, and if you have a good germination rate, you know your seed is good because I have found that as long as you've kept. These seeds cool and dry and dry in a cool, dry place, they they are viable and they will last. It's just you might plant them a little thicker if you only have about a 50% germination rate. You're going to plant them a little thicker than you would normally. And then I also found some seeds that I had saved, and I'm really hesitant about those.
0: You mean you saved them off of the plant at the end of the season? I had
1: a As a matter of fact, I had a a pepper and I liked it so very, very much. And uh, I don't think it was open pollinated, so it probably wouldn't come true anyway. And I think I'm going to stop doing that. But it's just that sometimes you just think, I this is just such a good variety. But
0: if it's not, if it's a hybrid, it won't come back true. So you got to keep that in mind. And you say, well, why didn't this come back? Well, it could be because if it's a hybrid, that means it was a cross, and it'll revert back to.
1: And, you know, we only okay. have 90 days of growing time. I know. Yes, you so we make the most we, of it. We don't get a chance. Uh, you know, if something actually, the hybrid, would take much longer before it was maturing, it yeah. probably isn't worthwhile. No. 90 days are gone really fast. And
0: we'll keep an eye out for seed swaps. Last year at the Good Council, yep. they did a seed swap, and I had, like you said, copies of many... Packages of of similar seeds so i did it there and i got some new ones and it was a great opportunity to to let somebody else use them so
1: it's nice to talk to those gardeners too
0: absolutely hey we'll chat more about that and i know you are going to be leaving for a little bit so we won't be having you here for a little
1: bit right i'm going to go back to georgia
0: okay where it's nice and warm and sunny right good for you barb all right thank you it is two minutes past ten, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio, 89.7 FM in Mankato, and KMSK, 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and real-world thinking. It's 27 degrees out there. We've exceeded the high where we expected to be. We're gonna-